the call to all Christians is to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so in a real simplified way, that's the call of every believer is to really seek to find ways to love those around us. Yeah, I would just encourage others to be attentive to what the Holy Spirit's doing in their heart, be good listeners, and and God's going to lead you down probably an unforeseen path like he did my wife and I. Welcome to the Christian Music Archive podcast, conversations about Christ, community, and music. I'm your host, Dave Maurer. Each week, I chat with a musical guest who is listed on the pages of the Christian Music Archive. There are thousands of creative men and women who have helped shape the soundtrack of the Christian faith, and we get to hear their stories, learn about how Christ has made a difference in their life, and hopefully along the way, we'll learn how we can be a better part of our community. If you have been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know how passionate I am about living in a community. Sometimes that community is hanging out with friends or attending something at your church, and sometimes that community is an intentional project to help other people. Well, today on the podcast, I get to chat with Jaden Lovick. Jaden is president of Better Together Ministries, and one of the things that really intrigued me about Jaden was his purpose statement on his website, and it says, quote, we aim to transform communities both locally and globally because we are truly better together. In my mind, that is truly living out community in a very real and tangible way. Now, Jaden is also a musician who was signed to BEC Records, and he's released a number of albums in the past 15 years. Our conversation took place during the last part of 2020, and we started by asking Jaden to start out by telling us a little bit about his life growing up and how he became a follower of Jesus Christ. Yeah, so I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, the son of a pastor um, of small town church and, you know, born in Portland, raised in kind of rural Washington State, then in later years, elementary was moved to the east side of Seattle, which boomed uh, through Microsoft and Nintendo and Boeing and all those big companies moved in. And that went from kind of a small town to, to a Silicon Valley of, of Washington State. So that was all the way through high school. Um, my, my dad uh, was a, a hardcore kind of came out of a missionary family and very much ministry minded all the way through. So we were raised to kind of think about life in a purposeful way. And when it came time to choose a college and graduate from high school and kind of go that route, I was big in the sports, but always in the back of my mind, it was God, how do you want to use my life? And so, um, Immediately graduating from college, I, I was a finance major baseball player. Um, I was kind of still searching for what it is vocationally I wanted to do or I felt like God wanted me to do. Uh, just um, during that time, right after finishing college, I went on a trip to Israel. Uh, my grandma had passed away and left me a, a little chunk of money. I was able to think about that Israel trip and then um, actually, instead of taking a job opportunity in commercial real estate out of college, I ended up re-enrolling in graduate school to study the Bible at Talbot Theological Seminary Very cool. in uh, Los Angeles area. Yeah. And during that time, I was in love with music. Music had always been kind of a, a backdrop in my life. My mom was very musical, you know, always around music in, in, in and around the church my whole childhood. And knew I could sing, um, but didn't really have a desire to sing, perform, or any of that stuff. Okay. 
all the way actually until I finished college. But um knew I had a gift for, for – my dad got me a guitar in high school and just couldn't put it down. So during my seminary years after after college, I was songwriting. And in between my classes at seminary, I would, I would take, um, you know, audit jazz, you know, like band and all these um, music theory courses because I didn't study music in college. But was so interested in music, I wanted to go deeper. And, and that was a really neat time of just kind of honing my craft and spending a lot of time on my instrument. Yeah. And I even started singing for the first time. I was involved at um, Saddleback Church while I was in seminary. And that turned into a two-year internship in their music department. And so being around all those world-class musicians and, and neat ministry that was happening, this was early 2000s, right at the height of kind of Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life mm-hmm. season there. Um, it was just a, a indoctrination and a great education um, in that music kind of ministry to be involved. And so that, that was a real grueling, stressing time for me where I learned a ton, got challenged a ton. And so I've been writing some songs. Um, just on my own, and and I had the opportunity to start sharing some of those songs with their services, and that turned into a record deal. So, I I was performing the songs during an offering, and one record executive from EMI heard the song and and contacted me, and and about six months later, I was signed to BEC Recordings, is um, an offshoot of EMI, which is now Capital Christian Records, and and that kind of launched my music career, um, recording the first album and kind of out on the road performing songs. So I tell people music was always kind of an accident for me. I, <laughs> I loved music, was writing some songs and kind of got discovered in and through the church and, and that took me down a, a road of ministry. Tell me a little bit about the path that, that took you from being a business major into this look at seminary and what what caused that transition to take place? You know, I think in hindsight, I think the Lord was just stirring in my heart um, in some neat ways. I, I didn't really know how to discern. That's always kind of a confusing time for a lot of people, but I didn't really know what to think. I just knew I was called to press into the Lord in a really deep way and seeking out direction in my life. And um, I didn't really get fired up at some of the opportunities that were presented to me out of college, like business opportunities and mm-hmm. vocational stuff. And so I think the Lord was just kind of using that search time um, to grow my craft in music and explore some things that I hadn't really had on my radar, like music and, and especially vocational music ministry. Um, and and so in looking back on that, I, I, I thought it was kind of a confusing season because, it, it, you know, my parents had just ponied up and spent a lot of money on my education. <laughs> Here I was trying to figure it out after I graduated, you know, so... Yeah. Um, that was that was a neat time that my parents really allowed me to explore and and um, take some time to not necessarily just go out and um, jump right into a, a career, mm-hmm. so to so to speak. Well, so then you've been performing, so to speak, doing your vo- uh, vocational ministry, as you said, uh, since two thousand three, but that has slowly transitioned from music. And I'm not saying you're not doing music anymore, but it's transitioned into this new ministry called Better Together Ministries, right? Yeah, and so the the short story on that is, you know, I I I fell in love uh, a couple of years after I hit the road. My wife Stephanie and I were married shortly later, and and we started having children. So we have four kids now, but 
when we first started having kids, I knew the road wasn't going to be a long-term solution for me. I just, I love uh, sharing music and, and leading others in worship and just the ministry side of music, traveling Christian music. Um, but I, I also was realistic in terms of, hey, we want to raise a family and have a home base. And so the local church became uh, really appealing to me in terms of using my gifts and creative abilities within the church, having a home base, some steady income, and still be uh, freed up to go out and do some concerts and music opportunities as they as they came up. And so I had some, a couple of really neat, um, unique opportunities to kind of be a pastor on staff, but with a lot of flexibility to, to go out and continue my Christian music career. And so um, Better Together Ministries really surfaced in the last um, five years, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to condense the story, but... Um, <laughs> When I would come off the road during Christmas time, it was kind of always a dead season for Christian artists. Mm -hmm. We created a tour on the West Coast with a bunch of friends, a lot of them not known on a national scale, but known locally, worship leaders, good songwriters, talented musicians. I put together these tours, and we would go around the West Coast at Christmas time and do these collaborative efforts. And it really wasn't about, um, you know, a headliner or an opening act or any of that stuff. It's really about, joining together and supporting one another in these shows. And, and they really took off. We had a few years there where they were just every show sold out and, and it turned into a really fun thing. And what ended up happening is because of the growth of that tour, we started being approached from other organizations, nonprofits, who were wanting to link arms. We had an audience and they wanted to use that platform to tell others about their ministries. And over time, we uh, although we love supporting other ministries, we felt maybe it was time for us to create our own. Mm. Uh, my wife and I, and and we had a heart for some some of the locations we had personally visited, and we formulated a nonprofit. We love the idea of the Christmas concerts and how they supported one another, and really uh, emphasized the together aspect. And we really the name Better Together is really um, uh, derivative of that season of those Christmas concerts and seeing how exponentially greater those um, concerts were just, just by choosing to support one another in a yeah. team effort as opposed to an individual effort. And so the ministry is really all about that. It's, today, it's, uh, we're seven years in. We primarily focus on our, our mission statement is uniting families. So we focus on families uh, to um, transform communities with the love of Jesus. So we really take families and do community-based work. And we, the, the work we do is food, water, and community development. So everything we do can kind of be broken up into those three arms of aid, primarily to um, underdeveloped or impoverished communities abroad. So we leverage local events um, to create support and raise finances to do kind of international aid work. Okay. And the thing that kind of intrigued me about this is you're pulling together both local community efforts with international community efforts and making it to where people here in the States can be hands and feet, so to speak, to help do this ministry overseas of food and water. Yeah, and I think I think one of the misses we put, you know potentially can have in the local church is to be too focused on the local church. Um, and miss the opportunities that are right around us in our local communities. And so my wife and I have really developed a heart for pulling people, even outside the church, into building opportunities and putting them in environments where they really experience the joy of serving others. Mm -hmm. And through that, we've seen a lot of, a lot of neat um, 
you know, just neat uh, life transformations happen as a result of people just getting involved in rubbing shoulders with other Christians. And, and so our ministry really has a, um, a broad community appeal. We, we do end up um, interacting with a lot of those outside the church or not, not believers per se, um, but are just purely interested in, in serving the needs of the less fortunate. And through that, they come to encounter uh, who Jesus is and, and see that we're a bunch of Jesus people trying to just love our neighbors. I work with another organization uh, that does the similar kind of thing that, that talks about you can't really reach somebody for Christ if they have an empty stomach or if they have emotional mm-hmm. issues. You know, they, their kids are being threatened or they don't have the ability to clothe their children or whatever. And so the tangible of creating food opportunities, creating, like you said, water, that opens people up to say, man, these people do care about me. And so maybe I'm interested in what they might have to say about other things. Absolutely. And some of our, some of our key, you know, partners or donors or even people that speak into helping shaping some of our events are, um, you know, just local businessmen or people that have a heart um, of compassion towards the less fortunate. And food, food is a, a really neat way to meet the needs of someone uh, in, in a dire situation, especially overseas and, and be the hands and feet of Jesus. And, from home, and uh, so a lot. Some of the events we do locally are packing food uh, that's shipped overseas, and then we we have partnered with a company called Solera. They're the leading manufacturer of portable water filtration kits. So we'll do a lot of village visits and help them establish ways for their households to have clean water. And then we do carve out funds each year for um, certain community. We call them community development projects. We build things like community centers, big construction efforts you know, bathroom facilities at local schools and things like that that really help serve serve the needs of a local community. And it also wins, wins the right for us to be heard when we're loving the kids and the families are wide open and receptive to, to hear what we have to say when we're loving them in that way. Yeah. Well, I was intrigued. Just spent a little bit of time on your website and was looking at these BT meals, these packs that you do that uh, they look like a commercial thing that you could pick up at the store, but it's a, a meal for what, up to six people? Is that right? Yeah, the idea is it feeds a family of roughly six, and so um, so rather large um, portion size, but you can, we pack these domestically. They're paid for through donors and sponsors and whoever hosts our packing event, and then they're, um, then they're shipped overseas in, in large containers to food programs, and we link arms with some other organizations to really distribute those. But really, it gets people domestically involved in, you know, physically putting together these meals. A lot of times we have families with five, seven, ten-year-old kids helping in the assembly line to get these things um, filled and packaged and sealed and put in boxes and taped and put on a pallet, and then they're sent overseas. And it's just a really neat way you can involve um, a whole family locally as a serve effort and uh, do some really cool stuff. And that's, yeah, that's the BT meal. People can check that out on our website or email us, but we're at bettertogetherministries.com. Well, I'd, I'd love to hear a couple of stories about maybe people who have been involved in, and experienced this life-changing experience as somebody who's on the domestically helping some of these things. And then maybe do you have a story from the results of somebody receiving the benefit of these overseas? Yeah, one of the, I'll, I'll talk overseas first. One of the one of the partners we have is in the country of Nicaragua, which they just got hit with a huge uh, hurricane in recent days. And um, But we have an ongoing uh, relationship with um, 
a ministry down there that does a, a food program to about 150 kids. And sometimes it's the only meal these kids will have all day. Wow. And she um, and her team hands out these meals and shares the gospel with them and does some really cool things with clothing and stuff like that. But um, these meals that we ship down to them, um, oftentimes we send shipments that will last for an entire year. And so, you know, in a real tangible way. And, and these kids, a lot of them live at the local landfill. Oh, wow. This is, this is for the poor and for the poor. These kids are scavenging in their families through trash just to try to find things to sell or eat. And it's a really dire situation. And so uh, her ministry is just amazing. We've linked arms for her and just said, hey, we got your meals. Um, and we're going to pack enough domestically to make sure you have what you need for an entire year. And we renew that each and every year. Wow. How, if somebody wanted to get involved in one of these opportunities, I know you said that, that uh, you guys have sponsors here in the States that do that. How could somebody get involved with joining in this, in this project? Well, there's two, two primary ways. If you run a business or are in charge at a church, a, a missions program or something, um, you can contact us and we'll, we'll show up and run a turnkey event to involve your people in a serving opportunity. Um, we're doing a bunch uh, in the new year after kind of this COVID thing hopefully wrapped up yeah got some stuff scheduled uh in february and march with local churches and we basically come in and bring all the resources and they will sponsor these meals financially at whatever figure they you know have resources to do and and then the 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 event goes goes off smoothly and then we ship them out and then we follow up with feedback as to where the food went um the other way is obviously just financial giving i mean a lot of times we'll go into events having the all the um, resources already paid for through private donors. And so, you know, it, um, people of means oftentimes just love writing checks for things like this because it's a real tangible way to, to meet the needs of a lot of uh, folks that are really in dire situations. So you guys are based in California. If somebody, say, in Indiana wanted to do one of these, can they, can, do you work with people outside of the local area? We actually do. I mean, our network is primarily West Coast based currently. We're a small organization, but we've linked arms with some larger organizations that have uh, resources all over the country. And so oftentimes our meals that we pack on the West Coast will get pooled up with other organizations and, and we'll share containers to different uh, regions of the world. And so, yeah, we don't turn down any event. Although there are some logistical challenges, we just need to connect the dots if people are outside of, uh, obviously, California, other, other states. But um, one, of the, one of the major partners we work with is an organization called Kids Around the World. And they're, they're really, um, you know, pretty connected across the country, especially back east. And so anytime those events come up, we oftentimes, I'll fly out or my wife will fly out to facilitate the event. But a lot of the infrastructure and the logistics are covered through some of their staff and employees and some of their logistics channels. That's very, very cool. So all of this, this uh, Better Together Ministries is basically you and your wife deciding we need to do something to make a change. And you guys jumped in. You got some people who are on your board and so forth, but you're just jumping in and, and making a difference. How, how did you guys decide you know, what specific ways to make a difference? Did you, uh, you, know, you, you talk about the food, the water, and the community. With so many needs out there, if somebody's trying to think of starting a ministry like this, what would you recommend to them? How would you encourage them? You know, our our, our story is, is neat to talk about because it's really just a personal burden. I mean, my wife and I, had uh, we honeymooned when we were first married 
on a small remote island in the country of Fiji. And uh, we came away from that experience, yes, it's a beautiful tropical uh, country, but these outer islands, hundreds of outer islands have um, extreme poverty and dire situations. And we were, in, we fell in love with some of these folks. Uh, Nicaragua was the same. I had traveled down there in um, Central America a couple times on surf trips. I love to surf. It's one of my passions. Came home with just a, a heart and burden for these people who just live in extreme poverty, one of the poorest countries in um, all of uh, all the Americas. And so it's, it's, um, for us, the opportunities were really put in front of us, and we just chose to respond um, in tangible ways, you know. And, and in different geographical locations, the needs are different. And so sure. in Fiji, they have plenty of food and water. Um, clean water is an issue. Um, food is not an issue. They can fish all day long and farm. Um, <laughs> but community development is another way we can help those people. That You know, a lot of times they just need resources and um, building materials and organization and um, obviously water filtration kits are, are huge uh, in those villages, especially the outer villages off the mainland. Um, and, the, and then Mexico is our neighbors to the south, so we've always had a burden for Mexico as well, and so we go down there and do some home builds with families and just some neat ways that we can kind of love on our immediate neighbor, and that, that's always a fun way to love on the folks around us because you know, you don't have to hop on a plane. We are in Southern California are located in such a way where we can just drive a couple hours across the border and, and see some real, real needs. You guys saw needs around you and you jumped in and you said, this is ways that we can tangibly do that. How do, how would you recommend if somebody's listening to this and saying, man, I've been to some of these places, I've seen need. How do I, how do, how in the world am I going to help just one person or maybe just a couple or a family? How am I going to help others around me? Um, I don't have an organization behind me. Yeah, I, I would pray about that. I, I, we, we felt compelled to kind of start our own organization and there's, there's some work involved in getting that up and running, but um, I would just say it wasn't, it wasn't insurmountable and, and doable. I, if it's a heavy enough burden on your heart, um, obviously God's going to, provide a way. Um, there are a number of great organizations that do this that people can just simply link arms with. We felt that um, it was just a neat opportunity for us to do something that was close to our own heart. And and so we stepped in and just kind of said yes. And then, you know, God had um, given, given me a platform through my music to be able to be in front of groups of people. And um, so that, that was a natural fit to start presenting these heart burdens in front of the audiences that I was already in contact with on a daily basis. So um, for us, it was it was kind of a, okay, Lord, this is what you're doing in our hearts, and this is where you've placed us with a certain level of influence. Um, we just wanted to be obedient. And so I think, I think all of us have those opportunities, you know, kind of different levels and different giftings and different settings. But um, that was our, that was our case. And that's, kind of what we decided to do. So what I'm hearing you say is that as somebody feels a burden, that that burden in their heart, that compassion, is probably a nudging of the Holy Spirit that can then be used. And if the Holy Spirit's nudging you that way, he's going to provide to make a way to make that happen. Absolutely. Yeah. And I firmly believe that. And, and, you know, the call to all Christians is to, uh, you know, love the Lord, the God, Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so, in, in a real, in a real simplified way, that's the call of every believer is to really 
seek to find ways to love uh, love those around us. And, and so I would, yeah, I would just encourage others to be attentive to what the Holy Spirit's doing in their heart, be good listeners, and um, and God's going to gonna lead you down a, probably an unforeseen path like he did my wife and I. So I have one other question, and then I'll, I'll we'll close our time together. But um, this year has just been an insane year of uh, challenge for all kinds of things, you know, kids going to school and all of that. How has this year of COVID and all of the stuff that's going on, how has that impacted what you guys are able to do? Well, it's been uh, it's been fairly frustrating. You know, I, I think a lot of what we had calendared and planned to do um, has been paused um, or canceled. and it hasn't necessarily meant less work for us because a lot of times we've been planning things to then unplan them. So I know many are in the same situation, a lot of businesses and organizations, but um, you know, it's been, uh, there's been some silver lining from on a, you know, on a family front. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're, we're, we are looking forward and, and optimistic that, you know, 2021 will have some neat ministry opportunities ahead. And um, trying to make plans for that now, and use use these months of you know canceled events and canceled trips to to really be setting up you know future years of ministry if the Lord allows us to do that. So, looking at your website, you have a number of events that are tentatively, obviously, scheduled if if COVID allows. Uh, you've got a Mexico trip, looks like, and a Nicaragua trip. If somebody wants to get involved in those, is that open to anybody who would be interested in being part of these events? Absolutely. Yeah, we, we love that way. We, we love um, kind of seeing who wants to join. And each year, it's, it's just neat to see how those things come together. Um, you know, the primary ways that we influence our local community are through kind of surf and skate camps. And we have these local markets in our community center that kind of create awareness for these other things. But then the trips are really the icing on the cake. We get to go and um, physically kind of touch the places where the work is is happening and love on those people and experience their cultures, which is always a huge shaping experience for families. You know, I grew up in a family where my parents were really intentional about getting our us kids out of the country to to help shape a real, you know, a worldview different from you know just um, kind of affluent United States upbringing. So um, I value that a ton. My wife does as well. We we've, we've tried to you know instill that in our kids and help give them those experiences that help show them, you know, this is a, a big world and there's a lot of need and uh, we're truly blessed to, to, to grow up where we, where we have and have the things we have and it's not the case uh, everywhere. So, right. Well, as a, a former missionary and preacher kid myself, I've been on mission serve trips. I would heartily encourage anybody who has not had an overseas experience or a, a cross-cultural experience to check that out. And maybe one of the opportunities you could do is with Better Together Ministries and you could join them and, and experience the change that not only, you know, a lot of times we go on these missions trips and we think, oh, I'm going to be able to help these people and there's going to be so much change, but we come back almost mm, more changed yeah. than the people that we're ministering with. So absolutely, I would love to encourage people to join uh, with Jaden and his family and find ways to serve uh, on some of these possible trips. Yeah, and one of the unique things about I'll just plug this real one of the unique things about our trips I'll just I'll just share is that we do have a heart for families and we we target families. We encourage people to bring their children. And it's not always easy to travel with kids, but um, we structure the trips in such a way where it's really a win for the family. The workload isn't too intense, but it is intense. <laughs> so 
it's uh, it's a nice happy balance of just making sure uh, families come home rested and truly experience the joy in serving others and so that's our goal Every week, we send out a prayer newsletter to folks who are praying, are committed to praying for musicians and the ministries that they are doing. How can we be praying for both you and for Better Together Ministries in the days and the weeks ahead? Yeah, I, I would just I, thank you, first off. Um, I, I, we could use prayer in just helping shape 2021 vision. I think there's a lot of tentative plans, and you know, I'm, I'm mindful of the proverb that says, the mind of the man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. And so we're, we're in the process of making our plans for our ministry and our family. Um, and, you know, just like 2020, the year of COVID has derailed many plans. Um, we're just prayerful that 2021 is a fruitful year of ministry and God can, can continue to use uh, this ministry in the lives of families in Southern California and, and even further to really do some neat stuff. And, and we feel called to give leadership to it and to just produce your prayer and firming up that, that vision and plan for the upcoming year. I know we didn't talk much about Jaden's music career in this episode. That's partially because I was so intrigued by how Jaden and his wife Stephanie saw needs in the world and said, hey, let's do something about it. I'm not suggesting that every time we see a need, we need to start an organization like Jaden did. But what would it look like if we intentionally decided to get involved? Maybe we could visit folks in our church who are shut into a nursing facility. It might look like volunteering at a local food bank or maybe spending time helping kids learn to read in a community reading program. And yes, maybe it would be just signing up to go on a short-term mission trip with Jaden and his family. I think of the scripture in Matthew where Jesus is talking about the final judgment and he's separating the sheep from the goats. And he says, Come you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And the folks he's talking to said, Lord, when did we do that? And Jesus says, when you did this for one of the least of these you did it unto me. Now, as we discussed during our interview, being the hands and feet of Jesus sometimes gives us the opportunity to share the good news, the saving grace of how Jesus can change them. And ultimately, isn't that what we're really wanting to do? Help people find Jesus? If you're interested in helping or serving with Jaden and his ministry, I'll put the link to Better Together Ministries in the show notes. Be sure and check it out. They're doing a lot of really cool things. Thanks for joining me for this conversation today. I am grateful that we get to spend this time together each week hearing stories of God's amazing faithfulness. As a regular listener to this podcast, would you mind taking a few minutes to rate it on your favorite podcast app? Reviews and ratings really help spread the word so that other folks can hear about these great conversations. And if you have comments or questions for me, please feel free to drop me a message on any of the social media platforms. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon by searching for at CCM Exchange. Or you can always drop me an email on my website, christianmusicarchive.com. 
I'm really looking forward to our time together next week when I have another conversation with one of the musicians you'll find on the pages of the Christian Music Archive. So until then, remember this. God loves you. In fact, he's crazy about you. <laughs>